Rugby League as I Live and Breathe. Progressive Rugby League. Good day, friends in Progressive Rugby League. It's John O'Duncan here running a useful blindside decoy. And joining me in my personal space, as we have a one-mic operation here, is my great friend, Big Al. Hello, Big. Thanks for giving me permission to operate within your personal space. That's right. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we tried the opposite side of the table thing, but it didn't quite work from a sound perspective. Mm. And it was also awkward that we were looking into each other's eyes in close quarters. So mm-hmm. I thought... This is, it's a little better because, you know, we're looking at each other at side glances, yep. which I think is, is more appropriate and for And it does mean we, we can pay full attention to the, the bust of Roy Masters that we have. On yeah, that's right. Table. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, um, a big show, a lot to talk about. So why don't we get started, as we normally do, with our reflections. What Let's you got for us? Last Friday, mm-hmm. guess what I did? I've got a feeling you went to see the Tigers game at Parramatta Stadium Versus the Canberra Raiders. I did. I went, I trekked all the way out to Parramatta Stadium, Bankwest Stadium, to see my beloved West Tigers play the Canberra Raiders on a cold and drizzly Friday night. And for those who don't know, the Tigers lost like 28 nil or whatever. <laughs> and that's fine. What Can I, I just jump in and yeah. say, after a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm glad to hear the next installment of this Tigers Life is back on our <laughs> podcast. So it's great to have you back. So, and that's what happened. But that's not what this is about. No. You know, remember when we first started this podcast? Vaguely. We didn't know really what we were doing. And, uh, you know, not much has changed. Ha ha, hilarious. (laughs) We didn't really know what we were doing, but we knew it was all about a journey that we were starting and we were hoping others could join us on. Mm. And I would, I think last Friday night marked a, a really momentous occasion on my progressive rugby league journey. Wow. As a fan, because... What I found myself doing, I've, I've said before how I find watching Tigers games incredibly stressful. Excruciating. Stress and anxiety. Um, and, you know, when I'm in public, I always I hide that beneath a cloak of good rugby league behavior. But <laughs> yeah. inside, I'm burning up. I watched this game, and I just enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. I was not, I was not stressed. I was not anxious. And I wasn't, I wasn't deliberately not those things either. You know, if, if I'm watching the Tigers get hammered, I'm deliberately like, ah, who cares? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's a dumb game anyway. It wasn't like that at all. I was just happy to watch the Canberra Raiders play what I thought was a really good game. They played really well. There were some really good progressive moments in that thing. And I really like a couple of, like the, the Canberra back line. Like, um, I've, got, I've got a man crush on a couple of the guys mm. in there. And it was a really good game to watch for them, them to play. And I realized that perhaps I have become too progressive for my own enjoyment because now that I maybe this is just an isolated incident but now that during that game I didn't have these moments of panic sure panic terror Mm. almost I kind of missed that rush the rush that came with like you know edgier seat it's a wild yeah, ride. Exactly. It is yeah. a wild ride. Like, it's bad. It's white-knuckled. Um, it's full of adrenaline. It's full of sorrow and self-pity and, and a whole and occasional but very rare moments of joy as well. <laughs> Whereas this was just a nice, pleasant medium, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's got me thinking, like, like what's better? The, the highs and lows? Yeah. Or just the, you know, the happy medium? Well, that's a good question. I think you'll probably benefit from the fact that your expectations, I assume, would have been low in that game. Oh, huh, well, well, <laughs> no. I thought I honestly expected them to win. Oh, okay. And or at least maybe a six-point loss, but like a, a very competitive game is what I was okay. expecting. Even though they always get hammered by Canberra. Yeah, I just thought Friday yeah. night they've got a full squad. 
almost. Canberra have got a couple of a couple of Origin backups. Did you benefit from the fact that it wasn't a close game and the Tigers never looked in it? Did you just make a no, decision early no, on? No, because like... the way they played should have got me really worked up. Because oh, okay. they played terribly. Yeah. They played like they honestly like they didn't care and they didn't want to be there. Okay. They just played like just no energy and yeah, that and so normally normal normal owl, mm. normal large owl mm. would have been fuming at that yes I wasn't I, I didn't even care about it I, wow. just, I just had a great night uh, watching some pretty good football so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of weird okay I, I'm, I'm wondering if it's a good thing or not this is mm. we'll see we'll see what happens next week I think we, we have to ruminate on it mm. and get back to get mm. back to us in our next installment of this Tiger's Life <laughs> next week uh, good reflection look my reflection today I want to talk about the complex and the simple and how they often intersect now I think there are complex concepts there are simple concepts, and there are complex concepts that can sometimes be disguised as simple concepts. Mm-hmm. Are you following? I am. Great. Now, sport is so widely embraced in our world, I think because the concept is generally so simple and accessible. One player or one team trying to outdo or outwit or outplay another within the confines of an agreed set of rules. Now, in a complex world, sport is straightforward. It's black and white. It provides certainty and comfort. People know what they're going to get. State of origin is a great example. A very simple concept. Two teams. That's it. (laughs) But of course, the simple concepts of sport and rugby league, in our case, exist within a complex, convoluted, complicated world. And so you get things like the David Argyle racist comments saga. Now, we'll talk a bit more about this shortly, but quickly for those in Australia, maybe, who don't know, David Argyle, Australian mining magnate and major investor and now former chairman and CEO of Toronto Wolfpack, fired himself after it was revealed he used derogatory and racist language towards a Swinton Lions player, Jose Kenga, in what can only be described as a severely misguided attempt at jocularity, I suppose. So now we have our our simple, beautiful game of rugby league intersecting with the extremely complex, multi-layered and fraught issue of race. And this sort of thing happens often in the world of sport. And even within issues like this, or the state of origin national anthem debate, there's the simple components and the complex components. And it's really important to identify, I think, them as simple or complex components so we can give ourselves the appropriate time to deal and discuss these things. So the Argyle case, there's a simple. His comments were inexcusable. And the complex, what happens next? How do we as fans or as a game react and move forward? These are complex questions and they're often disguised as being simple. Now, You've got to be wary of those shock jocks and the tell-it-like-it-is brigade who try to convince us that there are easy answers to complex questions. They do us a disservice because not only are they often wrong, they're robbing us of the time we should take to think about complex issues. And once again, uh, Twitter showed itself to be a platform that is really totally unsuited to these kind of complex debates. Now, don't get me wrong, plenty of people said some very reasonable, sensible, insightful things about the saga, but they get lost in the sea of noise. And soon enough, all the reasonable comments and the outrageous get all mushed up into one screeching sound blast. The Twitter is great for the simple. Score updates, funny one-liners, sharing interests with your friends. But it's just not good for the complex. And I suppose Twitter is often a vehicle for disguising the complex as the simple. So I suppose today is a reflection, essentially, you know, to be wary of the complex being disguised as the simple. That's that's my reflection. So what do you think, Big? And what did you think of the 
the Toronto Wolfpack saga over the weekend. Jeez, I don't think this is the case. Okay, but I feel like I'm being set up for something by your, your with, with your asking me what appears to be a simple question <laughs> with multi-layered, complex issues beneath it. No, which of course, which of course you're not. Um, the Wolfpack, yeah, the Wolfpack saga over the weekend. I don't know what I can say about it other than it's just. It's just really, really disappointing that this has happened. Mm. And I don't want to go into the what grading of severity of casual racism was or anything like that. I just want to lament. Mm. The Toronto Wolfpack has done so much to advance the cause of rugby league as all the things that we, we say it is, like yep. this inclusive, all-welcoming, progressive sport. And it's just little... It's moments like this that mm. just wipe away all that goodwill in, in a second. And I just find it... It's just... It's deflating. It's... Yeah. It's just... It's amazing. You know, you can you can do all this great work and one... Five seconds. One lapse Stupidity. Of, of, of... Yeah. And, and it all can all come crashing down. Like, I just hope that the... That everyone affected can move past it mm. and that it doesn't... It doesn't tarnish what was and what should still be a wonderful sporting startup. Sure. And yeah, look, I kind of agree. Look, it's, it's really sad for the fans, especially because it doesn't reflect the club that's been built or the city as well. Toronto is a very multicultural and diverse city. At first, I struggled to comprehend that he'd say something like this. And when it became clear that he did, it was obvious that, you know, something would have to be done. It's, it's one thing for a punter to say something like this. That's bad enough. But when some, someone in his position running a club like that has built, like you said, to stand for something, well, something was going to have to give. And I was worried it was going to drag out and be an excruciating period for the club and the game. And I suppose the, the one small positive to come out of the whole saga was that once it became public, and the fact that it took so long to become public is a separate issue, uh, it was dealt with quite decisively. And an apology was given, you know, unreservedly. And I think, you know, these are really delicate issues and people get really emotional about them, including on both sides, including... People saying that uh, the level of outrage wasn't justified and what's it going to mean for the public. Mm. But I think the, the apology was, was quite good because it reminded us that really there was one victim in this case and it wasn't David Argyle. No. So at the end of the day, there are complex issues. We really should take the time to work out what the best way to do these things are. And I think it was a decent thing to do. He said himself that if he'd heard someone working for him make those comments he would have fired them yeah and so he fired himself yeah. because of that which is shows good leadership in a tough situation i think at the end of the day justice had to be seen to be done i think it's whether that's justice or not i think is is a, is a separate mm. argument but it's true like you know, you have to you have to hold yourself to the same standards that you would hold other people and so if his logic is if he he's a man of conviction if he heard his, an employee of his say that, he would fire them. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, he has to fire himself. Like, I, I think that's... I mean, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And these issues, every one of them is different. And also, it also depends on the two people involved or the, the actual people involved and how they feel about things. So, you have to take everything into account and work out a way to move forward. So, I think, as I said, there was a lot said about the situation on Twitter, but I think the best contribution from Twitter at least, was by our own Ian East from Leeds or Ian from East Leeds. He said, Solidarity with Jose, especially given his courage here. Everyone makes mistakes and deserves another chance though. So when David Argyle has the chance, I'd recommend he finds out how Swinton and other rugby league towns here have been actively challenging racism since at least the 60s. And he points to the story of Welsh rugby and rugby league where 
racial prejudice got in the way of black Welshmen playing rugby union for Wales for decades, which subsequently drove black Welshmen into the arms of rugby league. So there was also a really good article by Brian Deal, Canadian broadcaster, who did a really good job of articulating the complexity of the issue. And the good, the good points that they both made was there's learning that has to be done here. So this is a really important process when these things happen, is what have we learned from it? What have the, the protagonists learned from it? What have we as a game learned from it? So that's a, a crucial part of these situations when they come up because unfortunately they inevitably do so yeah look very interesting one mm. now before we get going on to our mailbag i just wanted to touch on origin mm. we spoke last week uh, about origin bingo it was before the game yeah so i just wanted to get your quick thoughts on origin what did you think of the game and what are your thoughts on the series moving forward i have to issue an unreserved apology to State of Origin because (laughs) I like to sit here big Al Mr. International Rugby League (laughs) likes to sit here and talk about how State of Origin is the beast that eats the game and it it incentivizes players to defect from country like in developing countries Mm. um, for Australia or other tier one nations like New Zealand or England Mm. to play for Australia so they can get that sweet juicy Origin cash Mm. And so I like to sit there and think, you know, yeah, Origins, it's it's fool's gold. Yep. Don't be don't be fooled by it. Don't be blinded by it. There's there's other stuff that we could be doing. But man, what an <laughs> outstanding game! I loved that game. Like the excitement coming home from work on that Wednesday night, yeah. knowing there was going to be this big game to watch. I was like, I was jumping out of my skin. I, I was just so amped up to watch mm. it. And it, it delivered everything I wanted. I, I, I wanted Queensland to win because I wanted a, I wanted a tight series. Okay. And I think the best the, the best chance we had as rugby league fans to see a tight series was a Queensland win yes. at Suncorp. Yep. And then I think I honestly think the Blues will probably dominate them in games two and three. But okay. you want every remaining game to be live, gotcha. like to have a to have a result pending on it to mm. get interest in crowds and all that sort of stuff and just the you know the drama. I love that sweet yeah. rugby league drama. <laughs> Um, so yeah, a state of origin. I apologize. I was wrong. Yep. You are thoroughly entertaining, if nothing else, and that's one of the things we ask for. Well, that's the thing. I mean, state of origin is really the shop window, the rugby league shop window for casual sports fans. You can't rerun old episodes, Jono. This was what we said <laughs> last year. Well, I mean, it's true. <laughs> Every year, a whole bunch of people, probably a million plus people around the country and around the world, will tune in to State of Origin and tune in to nothing else. Mm. So it's really important that these games are entertaining because all of a sudden, if this one's entertaining, well, they'll watch the next game. And you know what? They might watch another game in the grand final or the semifinals or even the week-to-week stuff. So it's, it's actually vital that these games are entertaining. And it was. And I'm a bit like you. You know, I was going for a run the other day and, and one of my favourite bands is uh, UMI. And I grew up with them and I've listened to the hits so many times that when I listen to them these days, I go for like the B-sides or the solo albums <laughs> because I, I've sort of heard the hits so much. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was running and, and I was had my iPod on shuffle and one of the hits came on and I was like, oh my God, this is an amazing song. I can't believe I haven't listened to it for about five years because I keep avoiding the hits. And that's kind of like State of Origin. State of Origin is the hit yeah, that we sometimes is. just yeah. go, oh, whatever. But when you actually take take notice of it, and you remember, you're reminded that this is amazing. No yeah. wonder it's so popular. So, um, yeah, I thought it was an amazing game. And it set up a really good series because at the end of an era like Queensland have had, a lot of stars have retired. Household names that not just rugby league fans know and love, but people around the country and other parts of the world know 
they know their those players by name. So it was really refreshing to see a whole bunch of new players put on a great show like that. Okay, mailbag time. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been delving into the archives to play some of our mailbag hits. So back by popular demand by my mum is this. I see you on the other side of the interwebs. And you fill me with intrigue. You know I speak two languages. And one is rugby league. So talk to me. I ain't one to brag. I just want to open that PR mailbag. Okay, I lied. Not even my mum asked me to bring that back. So let's go to the mailbag. I want to start with Carsten, our Iron Curtain cowboy from Switzerland. Last week, Big Al, you mentioned Simon Cooper, who has done such a great job for rugby league in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's stepping down for health reasons. And Carsten let us know that Simon is doing it tough. Ooh. And he's had some lovely things to say that I'm sure he won't mind me sharing. He just said that Simon is an outstanding guy a great role model and a true ambassador for the game, and he really hopes he wins this fight. So thanks, Carsten, and that's seconded from us. Laurent Garnier, our French via Brisbane correspondent, he also got in touch, clarifying what a buvette is. Last week we were having some French lessons. Uh, Was this the refreshment room? It is not a refreshment room, (laughs) as Google Translate suggested, but a snack bar for food and beer. So, same sort of thing, of course, but it's an important distinction. So Laurent also gave us an update on the Toulouse Olympique stadium situation, which we'll get to during the French-Canadian Rugby League update. Gene from Sydney, he applauded our Origin Bingo segment. He let us know about a similar game he used to play with his mates called Spot the Ronnies. Ronnie Palmer, he said, was our PE teacher at school. We used to count how many times we would see him on TV running the water. We easily got close to 20 in the first half. This was arguably more than you would see many other players. (laughs) Still on Origin... Andrew 13, or is that Andrew 13, got in touch (laughs) after last Wednesday's episode. A great prog moment for someone, he said, who was pedanting about spelling and grammar. Chotrich on the jersey displayed with all the Serbian accents. Yeah, I didn't actually notice that, but apparently uh, Nick Chotrich, which I believe that's how you you pronounce the name. Do do we know how to spell it? Yeah, it's all those accents involved, so I I can't, but it's C-O-T-R-I-C. I've heard on the radio they've they've adjusted how they're pronouncing his name. So that's great if that was the case, and thanks for sharing that, Andrew. Now, the lads from Chasing Kangaroos kindly got in touch. They said, good at boys. Looking forward to hearing your new and improved sign-off, Jono. Mm. Yes, the pressure's on. I'm trying to improve my episode sign-off. Uh, I've got a couple of things to, for you to consider later on, Big Al, so okay. stay tuned, oh, everyone. I look forward to it. Oh, the pressure is on. I'm feeling it. More mailbag. We also heard from Professor Megan Davis, the Australian Rugby League Commissioner, who got in touch about our Progmom segment last week, where we highlighted how Rugby League is punching above its weight on social issues, particularly Indigenous issues, after the NRL pledged to support for the Uluru Statement from the Heart. This is a wonderful podcast, you said. One of my faves. I found this really moving and insightful. Thank you so much. Don't thank us, Megan. Thank you. Can I can I pause there? Because yeah. I would like to take some time out to thank you, Jono, right. for such uh, insightful and eloquent... 
not just in that episode or this episode, but in all of our episodes, <laughs> oh, you, you get to the heart of the issue in a very thoughtful way. And it's always delivered yeah, eloquently. And I'd like to thank you because I often think mm. that I'm, I'm the Adam Blair to your Cameron Smith. <laughs> right. So, like, you make me better. Take me out of, you know, mm. take, take me out of the team that you're in. I'm just a useless forward. Ah, thanks. Right? So, like, yeah. so I like to say, Jono, thank you for including me oh. in your master plan. And you're doing it very well. My goodness gracious me. Well, you bring you bring the colour, the excitement, the joy, the emotion. So this is all very important. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this, but I've got a tear running down my cheek. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, Megan. Look, I get excited every piece of feedback that we get. So this one was very special. But I, I put up all the feedback on my wall at home because I'm... I find it a miracle and really satisfying that people listen to us. I mean, I often think, why would people listen to us? But people do from all over the world. And I love that so much. And I really love our listeners. And I really love that they uh, feedback to us and give us their thoughts and, you know, join in on the fun. And so um, up on my wall, it's all the feedback you've given us over the year or so, listeners. <laughs> and I've got a whole wall dedicated to Ian Easter Leeds or Ian from East Leeds, <laughs> by the way. Uh, speaking of, uh, on last week's show, he said some cracking insight here on how filler gives the illusion of depth to a sport that paradoxically makes the wider public take that sport more seriously. Yeah, who would have thought filler would give us uh, so much pause for thought during the week? Also, I likened Rugby League at this time of year to a classic album. Like I said before, State of Origin, they're the singles, the hits, judiciously released a few weeks apart for maximum impact. NRL, Super League and Championships are the crucial album tracks, while International Rugby League is the sleeper hit that will capture hearts. It's not the bonus track after you fall asleep. Well, here's an interesting one. Dave Sinclair from Leeds, great guy. He said, may I add the hidden track that comes after 10 minutes uh, of yes. silence at the end? <laughs> he said, that'll be the physical disability rugby league, the learning disability rugby league, wheelchair rugby league, and the women's game. Super stuff that so many aren't aware of. Yes, I'm so glad you added that, Dave. It was remiss of me not to mention those crucial and wonderful aspects of our game. So, Let's make it a double album, triple gatefold, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so that's the mailbag segment, another cracking mailbag segment. Thank you so much uh, for getting in touch. And you can get in touch with us via Twitter, ProgressiveRL at Outlook.com, Facebook, and Instagram. How's that Instagram going? Uh, it's going quite well. The trouble with Instagram is I, I struggle with relevant po- photos to post. Yeah. So if anybody wants to send me a photo to post on the Instagram... <laughs> Actually, it's not a bad idea. I'd really like to put up some... I mean, we'll get lots of content from our... Our, our trip. Our trip. Yeah. I'll take lots of photos and hold them back and post a photo a day, maybe. But if anybody's got anything interesting they'd like me to post, yep. send it to the email account <laughs> and I'll post it on the Instagram account. <laughs> Progressive Rugby League. Slugby gal and me, we like what we see when it comes to French-Canadian Rugby 13. I was, right. I was waiting for you to fade out again and catch me like you nah, did last week, but you never. didn't. Um, so, shall we get into some international action? So, we lamented last week about the lack of action mm. due to the Challenge Cup, but all the babies were back with mixed results. So, we'll start with the Dragons. Yep. Thoroughly beaten by Warrington Wolves, 34-4. to mm. So, kind of disappointing, even though winning is secondary. I still would have thought that this was a pretty good chance... Dragons, currently running third. Mm. Like, as we said, they're shooting for the stars. They're yep. shooting for the moon in this one. They're on their way to win. Yes. Coming up against, what, Warrington placed second. Yeah. This is a chance to show their premiership credentials. Man, 
Not they, to they be. left their credentials at home, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Coach Steve McMurray, he made a, a fair point that over the last month or so, they've been travelling all over the place and they've been to Barcelona, they were Liverpool, up and back from France. So, look, they, he said they were a bit flat. And <laughs> Does that, is that a coach making excuses? Sounds like I'm it. I'm pretty sure coaches aren't supposed to make... Isn't that the, the whole coaching thing? You can't make <laughs> excuses. Well, he just did. He well, made some fine ones. Oh, dear. Thank I you very much. Things aren't well in Perpignan, then. If the, if the coach is officially making excuses, <laughs> oh, dear, I think I'm worried. Yeah, well, as you said... I mean, there wasn't there wasn't much to this game. The Dragons did lead four 0 at one point. Okay. Um, but Warrington's first try, I think, to set up the vibe of the whole match. Warrington's first try came from their hooker. It was like a, a forty meter run from dummy half, just sort of like untouched. Yep. And that sort of said, like, when that happens, game over. Either fix it really quickly or lose thirty four. And, <laughs> uh, and that's what happened. So, so we'll move on because we've got some very exciting news. We do. So London who we've been tracking, oh, they're a sweet baby of ours. We've mm. been sitting, looking at them at the bottom of the table, hoping that they can get hungry, get a meal, and then get lift themselves off the back. And so, of course, they come up against the might of St. Helens this week. No chance. No chance at all. Until... <laughs> oh, my God. Until they beat them 23-22 to 22 in a golden point for Rilla. What an incredible performance from London. Now, this is a team that, once again, somehow made it through from the championship last year. They have not... Changed their lineup much at all, and they are still punching above their weight. They're not giving up, and all of a sudden, they're equal last, and so they have a chance at staying up. And look, I think this has got to be the upset of the year across all competitions. I can't mm. think of a bigger upset mm. because this is a St Helens team that is just theoretically untouchable. Well, so we thought, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just flying way ahead of everyone else, just outclassing every team they come against and London did the business on them 23-22 what a spectacular victory from the boys from the capital so after our our season of of watching hoping and praying that the Broncos Mm. avoid that relegation zone we've seen pretty average losses to some I want to say average teams but some not outstanding teams Mm. and some really either like a couple of decent wins or some solid performances against really really good teams well they've beaten Wakefield twice they've beaten Wigan uh, St. Helens, and I think they've beaten Leeds as well. So, look, they've so, done some amazing things. Danny Ward, once again, oh, he's got to be up there in the running with Coach of the Year status. I know it sounds ridiculous <laughs> for a team coming last, but I am not joking. He's doing an amazing job with his crew. It would now, be really cool to ask, just sit down and ask him, mate, like, how do you get them fired up? Like, what's mm. what, what do you use as motivation? Because you probably, as a player in that team, you must be thinking, I'm going to get up and I'm going to spend 80 minutes getting belted. Because that's basically what <laughs> <Yeah>. it is. Because <laughs> yeah, these guys, as we said before, like, they're championship players. Well, yeah. Yeah. But they're being made into Super League players by mm. this coach. So, And look, only two teams have beaten St. Helens so far this year. And they are the two Super League sweet babies of progressive rugby league, Catalan and London Broncos. So for St. Helens... Those teams, they're really the sweet baby bogey team. Yes, <laughs> BBs. So, fantastic. What else happened in the world of UK Rugby League? Well, uh, the view from your toilet, Jono, I'm pretty sure had Toulouse beating York City 25-18 to 18 in the yes. championship. What an impressive win away from home. It was one of those four-point games because they were very close to each other on the ladder. And I think if York won this game, they would have been equal with Toulouse in second mm. place. So Toulouse won the game away from home, 25-18, in tough conditions against a quality team. And so they are now, you know, have a bit of breathing space in second place. So important performance. I saw the highlights here. Interestingly, there was a new soundtrack. 
they're listening. <laughs> they're, Surely. They might be listening. What's Audio but, Jungle going to do? Well, it was a similar sort of vibe to the usual soundtrack, right. but there was no Audio Jungle uh, stamp on it. Mm. So that was very interesting. And because we did have... Did, actually, you know what? Maybe yeah. they actually purchased the rights to the music then. Because <laughs> really? that's... Because, yeah. <laughs> well, interestingly, because believe it or not, listeners, we don't get many French listeners of our show. Maybe it's a language thing, you know, despite our best efforts. We don't get many listeners from France, and that's fair enough. But we did get one last week, and I thought to myself, don't tell me this is Warren Ellis from the 33. <laughs> is that, is is that he, you, Warren? Is he based in France? He's based in the south of France. I haven't mentioned that. <laughs> but I don't know who it was, but whoever it was, you know. Hi. Yeah, g'day. And, uh, tell your friends. Tell your friends, please. Maybe we should start recutting to lose highlights with just like music of our choice like chuck chuck a bit of like you can call me al paul simon or something like that or ace of bass something yeah. a bit of pop you know okay of- or our mailbag songs the slugs version or yeah yeah, yeah. cool cool what else is going uh, on? And then, uh, well, we've already spoke. We had a we spoke about the Wolfpack at the beginning of this show, and so they, funnily enough, or maybe this is how it all came out, they were playing um, Swinton this week. Yeah, and uh, another Wolfpack style victory, thirty four sixteen. Yeah, run of the mill stuff. So good stuff, Wolfpack. Look elsewhere in the UK game. One of our progressive rugby league coaching heroes, Tim Sheens, uh, he mm. got sacked during the week from Hull KR. That's the team running equal last with London these days. Replaced by Tony Smith. Uh, done some great things former Great Britain coach uh, Leeds coach brother of Brian so that'll be interesting to see how that goes and hopefully Tim Sheens finds a home elsewhere this was an odd story because I was following this through Twitter Mm. and I got the impression that Twitter said he was fired Mm. and he didn't know he was fired he found out through the media that he was fired and then it was denied Mm. and then he was actually fired yeah, I mean, Chinese whispers. I mean, mm. let's just ask him. Someone ask him and get I back hope, to me. I hope Tim comes home. I'd love to see him. Yeah, I'd love to, to see him again, to him. Tim. Welcome home, mate. Give him a hug. Have a cup of tea. I'd like to see Shake him. Shake his hand. I'd like to see him come home, but I'd also like to see him coaching Ottawa, the new mm. Ottawa franchise starting mm. up next year. Mm. I think that would be a good... We've discussed about the potential of a Tim Sheen's coach Wolfpack as well before, haven't we? We have, but I yeah. think, you know, give Brian Mack a chance, see how he, how he goes this year, mm-hmm. if he can make... Yeah, yeah. Make the Super League. Look, if he doesn't make the Super League, he'll be out, surely. Sure, sure. So we'll see what happens there. So, Johnny, you already gave us ladder updates for the championship, mm. but we'll go back to Catalan. So they're still on third place. Yeah. 20 points, uh, plus two ahead of the... Plus two inside the, the top, top five. five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we had a debate about this off air, about mm-hmm. where London stand. Yep. So London are officially 12th place last. Mm-hmm. Now they're on... Zero points in terms of the relegation zone. Yeah, relative to 11th. Relative to 11th. But... You're saying they should be negative zero because on for and against, they're officially last. Yeah. yeah. So if they were in 11th but equal with last, we call them positive zero. Mm. But because they're in 12th equal last, it's negative zero. Okay. I like it. I'm fine. <laughs> we'll sit with that. So negative zero. There okay. we go. Fantastic. Well, elsewhere, there was the final day in the French Cup, mm. the Lord Derby Cup. So there were three games played in the, the main game, I suppose you could say. Carcassonne got over oh, St. Estev. Catalan, so that's essentially the Catalan's reserve team, 22-6 to win the the French Cup. Great. Uh, in the under-19s, Toulouse beat St. Estève Catalan, 46-36 in the under-19s. <laughs> what, Fantastic. A, what an amazing score. And in the Women's League Elite One final, championship final, Toulouse also beat St. Estève Catalan, 32-8. So three games, this was at, in Perpignan, the home of Catalan, 
all Catalan teams lost in the finals to mm. Carcassonne and Toulouse. So really yeah, interesting stuff. So oof, that's the final of the French Cup. I'm looking forward to seeing some highlights and I'm looking forward to hearing the soundtrack. <laughs> Um, so elsewhere, mm. I, I think I've managed to squeeze in a Turkish-themed update, the last two international updates. Oh, you're on a so, Turkish hat so Yeah, here we go. So I'm coming in for number delight. three. <laughs> Just announced the Turkish and Greek Rugby League Associations have agreed to stage a double header in the city of Erdin on the 14th of September. So that's, that's brilliant. pretty cool, yeah. So, um, and you know, Greece is still in the mix for qualification for uh, World Cup 2021, mm. so... Uh, I don't know. Um, maybe they use this. As a, it's a friendly, of course, but mm-hmm. they'll use this as a warm up. Yeah. Um, and it's great to see Turkey getting involved. Yeah. yeah. And look, elsewhere in International Rugby League, the International Rugby League Congress meeting was held in Singapore over the weekend, and they made a couple of announcements from that meeting. And they are that they're kind of trying to set up a, an International Rugby League calendar. They said that between 2020 and 2030, all the even years will host the regional championships. So, like the Oceania Cup the European Championship, the Middle East and African Championship, those sorts of things. And I suppose the odd years will be for things like World Cups, uh, the World Nines, and, you know, what have you. So there will also be space for bilateral tours like the Kangaroo Tour Mm -hmm. and and whatever other tours that teams want to set up. So, you know, it's good that we're getting step-by-step, inch-by-inch closer to an international rugby league calendar, an, an orga- yeah, an organised rug- international rugby league calendar. That's that's what we want, yeah. and for it to have just as much as importance as you know things such as state of origin. Absolutely, mm. cool. All right, well, that's a fantastic French Canadian rugby league update. Oh, I almost forgot to mention from our friend Laurent Garnier. He, like I said earlier, gave us an update on the Toulouse Olympic Stadium issue. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, they're playing at what is not their home ground. So their home ground is under development. Then a couple of noisy neighbours complained, and so the development's been halted, and it's just a bit of a mess, and no one knows what's going on. So they're playing at a temporary ground, which we'll be visiting in a few weeks' time, but apparently it's at a different part of the city, and it's hard to get to. So they're in discussions with Stade Toulousain, which are the rugby club who own the ground that they played at against Toronto early in the year, where they attracted 6,000 fans. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like they may... Well, they're trying to get an agreement with them to play all their home games there next year. So we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Thank you very much for that update, Laurent. So that is the French Canadian Rugby League update. Wonderful. And that means it's time to finish off with our prog moms. Prog moms. Bring it. So, Jono, have you heard of a country called Burundi? I have, of course. You have? Well, we can't have a show without there being shame on me. Okay. Because I had not heard of this country. I think it's a kingdom. Well, yes, of. actually, it is. It's, it's officially the Republic of okay. the Republic of Burundi, okay. a landlocked country amid the Great, uh, the African Great Lakes region, where East and Central Africa converge. Ah. I had not heard of this country until the other day, when I had heard of this country because I had found out that the first women's games uh, in that country had been held in Bunjambura. Wow, which is amazing. So uh, the matches eighteen months in the making. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go through the names of the teams because I'm sure I'll mispronounce them. But a couple of teams played another couple of teams with results. Mm. Uh, but this exposed about 200 uh, women to the game Isn't in that right? country. So love it. <laughs> that's fantastic. More of that. Yeah, can't believe that. That's, that's a growing fun. region. Very good news. Uh, my prog mom. This is via an article from Sporting News Australia and via the Footy Smiles Twitter account. Uh, James Maloney. He on Origin night. He went along to help a company called Pass It Along Clothing. Now, they, they sort of help homeless people and sort of give out clothing, especially with the winter months in Australia coming along. So he went to one of those nights and 
you know, a lot of players go to those sorts of things and help out. But I enjoyed this this one because, A, he went on Origin Night and he wasn't sitting at home sticking pins <laughs> into a voodoo doll of, like, Cody Walker or Brad Fittler. And, B, he took his son along, Cade, because he wanted to sort of show him how lucky he is and, yeah. and how tough people are doing it. So I thought that was really good. Good on you, James, and good on the players who help out uh, all over the shop. Mm, I think Pass It On Clothing, I don't know if they're the same ones, but there's one that's quite active in Martin Place in the centre of the Sydney CBD. Okay, yeah. That a lot of, not a lot of players, but a handful of players do have a, a fair lot to do with, mm-hmm. but they deliberately don't publicise it, yeah. I think, because they... But well, yeah, they that's probably because they just want to do it. Just give back. Because they're you know, yeah. probably nice people. Yeah. Good on them. Okay, nice prog moms, and I think that means it's time to sign off. <laughs> You've been waiting for this, ladies and gentlemen. The pressure's on. I've been preparing all week for this. I've, I've tested a few, you know, with my friends and family, but I've, I've settled on this. Are you ready? Okay, this, this is going to be my sign-off. Okay. Dear Rugby League, we've known each other since <laughs> I was four years of age. What? <laughs> is, this, is your sign-off going to be like a five-minute di- like monologue every every episode? Is, is this what we're being set up for? Too long. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, no, come on. No, no, you're probably right. It's too long. Okay, okay. How about this? How about this? I trust in rugby league. What do you think? About what do you think about that? Look, I really like. I like the vibe of it. It's probably somewhat derivative of something else. I'm not sure, but <laughs> why? What? What's yours again? I can't quite remember. I don't. I don't actually have one. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I actually. I honestly could not think of one. So I'm going to sign off with a temporary rugby league. Hold me. <laughs> That's my excellent, sign off for the excellent, day. Excellent. I'll try well, again next week. And you week. know what? Rugby League will hold you because it is in Rugby League we trust. See you, folks. Thanks Bye. for joining us. Bye.